The Spiritual Life with Angela Boswell. So, soul contracts, what are they? Here's my perception of what they are. I believe that we have many lives. I don't believe we just get one shot at this and we're done and that's it, right? What would be the point? I believe that we do come back. And past lives is another topic we, we will talk about. So before we're born, I believe that we have an agenda or a curriculum of what our soul wants to learn next. It's also my belief that our life purpose is to raise our vibration through every experience that we go through in order to reach a certain frequency in each lifetime. And then, you know, our perp- when we leave, we're on that frequency. When we come back in, we're on the same frequency until we raise it to a higher one. So I think that these lives that we live are successions of trying to reach a new frequency. And for each person, their journey is going to be different than the next person because they have different things to work on at the soul level based on their experiences from past lives, Okay. So I'm trying to make this simple. (laughs) Okay. So I believe that before we're born, we meet with, we, we have a meeting with our council, our people, whatever you want to call them, the elders. And we decide, okay, this time when I come, come down and incarnate, I'm going to really focus on compassion It's something I haven't quite mastered yet, haven't reached the uh, complete frequency associated with compassion. So I want to have experiences uh, that will bring me to the vibration of experiencing the frequency of compassion. Okay, so that's my mission, if you will. So I'm in this meeting with my elders, my counselors, and, uh, and we say, okay, uh, okay, Ange, or whatever my name is <laughs> on, on the other side, my soul name. Uh, so this time, in order for you to learn compassion, you're going to have these experiences. And these other souls over here, see all these people behind us? Well, they've each signed up to help you. They're each going to help you learn about compassion. And uh, they're going to contract with you. So they're going to, uh, maybe maybe they like sign a, a contract. And the contract says, I agree that in this, uh, in uh, while Angela is being incar- incarnated, and I'm incarnated at the same time, I agree that I'm going to have this interaction with her, this experience with her that's going to help her learn compassion. Okay. Now, however that experience turn, whatever it turns into and however it looks, well, then that's between us as we meet in this lifetime. Okay. So this is just one of the, one of the things that I'm here to learn this time, maybe it's like the major thing. 
So say that, um, say that Joe over there, he wants, he wants to help me out with this lesson. So he signs up for a contract with me to teach me compassion. And maybe, um, maybe Joe and I, we're going to be lovers. And through that relationship, I'll learn some compassion. But then maybe there's, I don't know, there's Anna over there. And Anna says, hey, I'll sign up for some of that. I'll come in and I'll be Angela's sister. And I'll teach Angela compassion by being her sister, right? And then maybe there's, um, I don't know, there's Jack. And Jack's like, you know what? I'll be Angela's dad. And, and I'll teach Angela compassion through being her father. So with these three people that have signed up, they've signed contracts, to teach me this lesson of compassion, it's going to look very different based on my relationship with each one of them and based on their personality. So the, um, the guy that signs up to be my lover, he may teach me compassion through showing me, um, oh gosh, how do you say that? Uh, through being cruel to me. By being cruel to me, then perhaps I understand what it feels like to be in a miserable relationship, but perhaps I can't, I can't leave it. And so then I develop compassion for other women who are going through the same thing. And through that compassion, I learn empowerment. And then I am now more compassionate to other people and I teach them empowerment through my own experiences, which was my contract with this man. Say that that's contract one for compassion. And then um, contract two, say my sister Anna here, she wants to teach me compassion, okay? And so um, maybe she is, really loves animals and she ends up working at a um, animal shelter and she's always bringing home animals that, that need nurturing and need healing. And through the example of, of that, um, I'm able to witness that type of compassion through her actions and her personality. So Anna's showing me as a sister, uh, more information about my lesson on compassion by being that example to me. Okay. Now, then we have my father, Jack over here and maybe, uh, maybe he takes care of my sick mother. Um, maybe I feel like he, he doesn't have time for me because he takes care of her so much. He's always, you know, focused on her and I feel left out. But that's also an experience of compassion. Maybe I see he has compassion for her, but not for me. So by being him in this situation that he's going through, that he has signed contracts with these other people for his own life, by going through that, it's also teaching me at the same time. I hope that makes sense. So that that's how these contracts work. They're interwoven um, as each person's on their own journey. They're also helping other people 
on their own journeys. Sometimes just by experiencing their life, they're helping other people's experience, other people experience their life as well. So that's my theory on this, that these soul contracts are created, the original ones, and I'll, I'll talk about that later about how sometimes these contracts continue with different people. But the original contracts that we have with people, say, uh, our, our parents or siblings, those are, are original contracts are there to help us experience what we're here to experience in this lifetime. So we will have contracts that are quite long for, from birth till, you know, gosh, could even be until we die. We also have contracts that are short-lived, you know, could just be a two or three month interaction with someone. And that could be the contract that they have with us to come into our life at a certain time to teach us something in that time. And then the contract's over. So they're, they're fulfilling it but it doesn't always have to be a long-term thing. It could, a contract could be a, a day, a few weeks, a few months, even a couple of years. It all depends on what the contract's about, when the person came into your life, um, what you're learning and how they're delivering that to you. The purpose of these contracts, again, is to help us raise our vibration to a certain frequency, which is part of a lesson that we're here to learn in, in this incarnation. Um, but it, it's for self-growth. It's for healing. Um, it's important. These things are very important to us. And if we don't fulfill what we came here to fulfill, We'll just come back and get another shot at it. And that's okay. It's my belief that most of us have been here many, many, many times. And we are working at different levels of things. Um, you know, I had this conversation with, with a client a few weeks ago. And I was trying to give an analogy of what these contracts and lessons look like to me over different lifetimes. And the easiest way I could do it was to give the example of a pie. Okay. So imagine that you've got this pie and um, are for those of you who are around my age, trivial pursuit, you know how you had that little pie and you have little pieces to complete the pie. Well, just imagine there's like this pie and let's just, for example, say the pie has 10 pieces and uh, these different pieces are things like compassion, empowerment, leadership, um, parenthood, uh, whatever the, these different lessons are that, that we're to learn. Responsibility, self-love, um, it could be all kinds of stuff, right? So say there's 10 of them in this pie and each lifetime you work on one piece. And when you finally figure that thing out, then you're done with that piece of pie. And then you start a new lesson. So you come back, you incarnate again. You're like, woohoo, I don't have to 
do compassion anymore, but this time around, I'm going to start with leadership. That's this, that's this piece of the pie I'm going to be working on is leadership. So maybe you live a lifetime and you're like, and you have these different contracts and these people are coming around, right? And you're like, okay, so um, I have these contracts, I have these experiences where I am pressured to step up into a leadership position. And I chicken out and I don't do it. <laughs> I run away like, no, 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 I'm not going there. Right. So I don't get that piece of pie. So I'm born again. I come back again. Say maybe this time, maybe last time um, I was a woman and I was like, oh, I can't can't do it like that. I'm coming as a man and I'm going to be like a military leader. Right. So I come in, I join the military, I get promoted. And all of a sudden I'm out on the on the battlefield and I crumble and I just can't quite be a good leader. Maybe because of my inaction, other people, um, you know, are pass away. Other people get killed because I didn't learn about how to be a good leader. So then I come back around again and like, dang, I'm still working on this piece of the pie about leadership. Right. So I, I keep coming. I keep going through this stuff until I get it, until I master what that piece of the pie is about, okay? So then when my pie is complete, right? Say that I have completed all 10 pieces of the pie. I'm doing great, right? I'm ready. I've, I'm enlightened. <laughs> now I get to start a new pie at a higher level. So as I may have learned compassion at a basic level, when I come back in again and my next level, I'm working my next, my next piece, my next pie. <laughs> I'm working my next pie here and I'm on compassion again, right? It's going to be a different type of compassion. Because I'm coming in with the soul experience and knowledge of the basic pie and compassion. And I'm working from there. So perhaps when I'm born and I'm, I've got this lesson of compassion, perhaps people say to me as a child, you are the most compassionate child I've ever met. Well, yeah. Because I'm on pie number two. <laughs> I already finished pie number one, basic compassion, right? Compassion 101, I've completed that course, right? Now I'm at 201. And then when that pie is completed, I'm going to start the next pie, 301, compassion 301. So I, I hope that that gives you some type of framework for, for this discussion of soul contracts and why we have these things it to me it's not enough to have knowledge about spirituality um or to even be able to talk about it believe me i run across a lot of people in this industry that know how to talk about these things but for me does it really matter unless you know how to explain it to others in a framework in which they can understand and put it in perspective for their own lives so that they can say, man, you know, I must be working on compassion in this lifetime because I can look back through all of the 
experiences and um, relationships that I've had. And it looks like a thing to me. Dang, I must be working on compassion this time, right? So now you have a framework and you're like, oh, look at this. I'm being tested on this. I know. And I love that feeling. Oh my gosh, I love that feeling when I know what I'm working on. I'm like, yes, I know what this is. This is awesome. And I'm going to just knock this one out of the park so that I don't have to experience this lesson again in this lifetime or perhaps even in many lifetimes until I get my next pie, right? I just love that one. That when that enlightenment comes into my head, I'm like, I know what I'm working on. Oh, thank you. And part of what I'm here to do to help you through these talks and through this live mentoring call is to help you understand the bigger concepts of your life, of your spiritual path, so that you can self-identify what you're working on and you'll have that perspective. So you're like, yes, I'm going to master this and I don't have to experience it in that way in this lifetime again. Okay, so you see why my talks are so long because I can't just I can't just throw it out there and be like, oh, well, this is what soul contract means and this is what you do and blah, blah, blah. I'm not like that. I want to give you the whole picture so that you can work it, right? Okay, so that's what soul contracts are and that's my take on how we work them out, the meaning of them, why we go through them and all of that. Okay, so next... Why do we go through these? Um, why, why even experience that? Well, it's so we can grow, um, so we can expand our awareness, so we can raise our frequency and ascend. And then, you know, as we ascend, then we can decide how much further we want to ascend and uh, perhaps even experience other dimensions or planets or however your belief system supports that. Um, also, these contracts will help us start patterns and break patterns. Um, it helps us understand our journey and the journey of others around us as well. Our contracts can be with family, they can be with friends, lovers, neighbors, co-workers, even strangers. That's right, even strangers. Someone could have a contract with you to say, um, okay, if Ange, if Ange ever gets off her path, right, I'm going to be the backup. And uh, have you, if you've watched The Adjustment Bureau, oh my gosh, that's my favorite movie. I, I think that explains this so well. So if you have not watched The Adjustment Bureau yet, please watch that movie. So perhaps, you know, this is my... Um, my safety person over here. And they're like, okay, uh, I don't have a major contract with Ange, but if she gets way off her path, I'm going to step in as a stranger and I'll jolt her back on, on her path. And uh, maybe I'll be the cause of an accident that she has. And through healing from that accident, she'll learn about herself and perhaps uh, she goes to the hospital and she receives compassion 
from the people in the hospital and maybe she'd never seen it before unless she went through that. And so that experience exposed her to compassion. And so therefore I'm saying this as that person, I'm her safety person, um, last resort kind of person. And uh, I think we've talked about that before about um, when we're not learning something and you know, it's the tap on the shoulder and then it's a little bit of push and then it's the baseball bat kind of thing. Well, think of that baseball bat as a contract with someone who's like the fail safe. You know, they're like, okay, I am the last resort. If she doesn't get it, I'm going to enter her life in a way that's going to disrupt her so much that she cannot help but to start learning this lesson. I hope that makes sense. Okay. So how do you know if you have a contract with someone, a sole contract with someone? Well, it's really easy. Think about your life right now and think about the life you've lived up to this moment. Who have you loved? Who have you disagreed with? Who like got under your skin or like a burr in your life? Who did you learn something from? Who is that relationship you just can't let go of? It could be 30 years ago and it just keeps creeping into the corners of your mind. Just can't let it go. Who's hurt you? Who has made you so happy you could scream? Who feels super familiar to you? Right when you met, you felt like, wow, this is just super, super familiar to me. Also, as a comment, the people that feel super familiar, it could be a contract from a past life that wasn't fulfilled. And so it carries over into this life to help you continue to learn. Um, a lot of times people ask me in readings like, uh, my new boyfriend, we're, we've got to be soulmates. Um, is this a past life experience? Who are we in past lives? Um, why were we together then? Well, it definitely makes sense to me that uh, if you had a contract with someone and uh, what you're supposed to learn through that interaction didn't happen for either of you, then you can meet again in this lifetime. And also, sometimes we have a contract with someone that... <sighs> how do you explain this? Do you know that person? Okay. That is like a, uh, a walking lesson to others. Right. And you see it happen and it's like, Oh my gosh, that's going to hurt them. Look at that. Maybe, um, it's a, a woman who's narcissistic and every relationship she has, she just crushes the poor guy. Right. And maybe this woman is your sister. So you see it over and over and over again that she doesn't grow. Okay. She doesn't change. She doesn't take accountability for her actions or her influence of others. She's just being her with no growth. Okay. 
her contract can be with all these poor guys that fall in love with her and they learn from the experience. She doesn't, she's just doing her, right? She doesn't change, but they learn by their interactions with her and they get growth from it. However, however that may be for them. So she is fulfilling her part of the contract by just being there and being herself, but she's not growing. So she, she's doing what she's supposed to do with them. But once she grows, then she'll have a different kind of uh, a different level of that contract with other people. Okay. Um, so those are some ways to identify if you have a contract with someone, they're going to get an emotional reaction out of you, whether it's pleasure or pain, it will be some type of emotional reaction there. Now, when you have these contracts, you can't just walk away. Um, it kind of, it feels like something you have to do. Like you're compelled to have this relationship with someone. You must keep them in your life and you don't know why you just can't let go. Um, yeah, that that's usually the ones that are the closest to us, the contracts that are the closest and we're still learning something. And so we can't let go until we learn that, what that lesson is with that person. Um, Okay, I'll talk about that. Okay, um, okay, I'm going to come back to something on that. Let me just make a mark there so I don't forget that. Okay, so usually we always have a, a contract with our parents and our siblings because these are the original relationships that we have that we're born into. Now, the extent of what those contracts are depends on each person that's in, involved. Sometimes the only contract a mother may have with their child is to give birth to that child. Um, perhaps the contract is to continue their line of DNA and to merge their line of DNA with the father's DNA to create this individual that has these blended DNAs, which that individual could be you, and you need that certain DNA in order to accomplish what you came here to do. I know, I know, I know that's a little big and broad and, and deep and kind of out there, but I need to mention this stuff. For some people that are listening right now, that's what you need to hear. Perhaps you need to hear that your only contract with your mother is that she gave birth to you and that she had relations with your father so that you would have the DNA that you needed in order to accomplish what you came here to accomplish. And bing, bang, boom, that's it. That's her whole contract with you. She gives birth to you brushes her hands off and walks away. It could be that that is what her contract was with you and she completed it. She's done. See ya. I'm out of here on to something else. We're always going to have contracts with our parents and siblings. Okay. Because those are the original contracts. Um, when we see things like codependence, 
with our, our parents or our children, then you know that that contract is a much deeper contract of something we're really working on um, because it's, it's an enmeshment there of codependence. And so, um, so you know that that's a greater contract than just giving birth to someone. Now, I want to talk a little bit, and I thank you so much. I see we have a couple of guests um, in the room right now. I want to make just a few more points here, and then I'm going to ask you to come on as a guest. And if you have questions right now, please write them down. And then um, if you're interested in being a guest, just press the button that says join as a guest. Okay, so I want to get into this last point. And that is about breaking contracts, uh, adjusting contracts, and when a contract is over. Okay, so here's the deal. You cannot get out of this easy. You can't just say, I don't want to do this anymore, and I'm done, and that's it. Um, that's fine. You're just going to postpone it so you come back around again, and that's okay. If that's what you choose to do, no judgment here. Just do that, but just know that time's a wasting. And the more you get through this stuff, the happier you're going to be. And the whole goal of every lifetime, I mean, you may be asking yourself, why do I care about raising my frequency or my vibration? Why do I care about raising my vibration to a certain frequency? Because as human beings, as souls, we are on a journey to find peace. And here's the thing. Peace looks very different for each one of us. And that's why we have these curriculums and agendas and lessons and things to learn about ourselves and all of that stuff. Because on our journey to peace, we each have to experience different things. Perhaps my lesson was compassion. So is, is I learned compassion, demonstrated compassion, lived with compassion, I found peace. Because that was the thing that I was working at that on that lifetime for in order to get peace. So you you can break the contract with someone, but know that you're somebody else is just gonna show up and they're gonna pick right up. Have you ever like broken up with somebody and you're like, I'll never date somebody like that again? And then you start dating somebody and you're like, this person's so different than that other person. And then three or four months go by and then you're like, oh my God, I'm dating this person again. <laughs> How did I do that? I'm in the same pattern again. Well, just imagine that that other person picked up the contract that you walked away from with the previous person. When you said, um, I don't want to do this anymore with this person, then um, how do you say it doesn't really I want to say you kind of break it with that person, but the contract remains. And so it's like, okay, the substitute comes in and picks it up, right? Or if you're my age, back in the day, like my mother loved to watch soap operas and I did too on sick days. And they would, uh, when an actor left, they used to just bring in another actor that looks a little similar to that one, but they have the same role. And they say, the part of Jane Doe is now being played by... Ba, 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 right? It's the same kind of thing in our life. So when one person, if, if we have not completed what we are supposed to complete in that contract and learn what we were supposed to learn in that contract, then someone else will just come in and play that role until we figure it out. And that's what our patterns are about. And then once you figure it out, 
then you don't have that anymore. You, you're on to something else. Okay. And I hope that that makes sense. Now, if you're in this relationship with someone and you have a contract to be together and you learn what you're supposed to learn, then you are free to go. And um, we can, if you guys are interested in how do you know if a contract's over, um, come on as a guest and ask me that question. I'm not going to go there the whole time right now. Um, I'll just say you have peace about that relationship and that's how you know that that contract's over. However, if the other person did not grow and did not learn what they were supposed to learn through their contract with you, then they're going to get a replacement. Someone else is going to walk into that role that you used to play. Someone else will walk in there and provide them with the experience that they needed uh, to have in order for them to grow. And if they don't learn it with that person, then somebody else will step in. And so it goes, and so it goes, and so it goes until we learn what we're supposed to learn. And we're not always contracted to learn the same thing. I think a lot of times we're contracted to learn opposite things with someone. Maybe one person is supposed to learn about acceptance and unconditional love. And the other person is contracted to learn about um, empowerment and uh, their own putting themselves first. So you see how you would have like two opposites coming together. And if they worked well together, they could both grow and find peace in their relationship with each other and within themselves. And then therefore they're released from the, they're both released from that contract because they have fulfilled it. I guess I shouldn't say they were released from it. They have fulfilled that contract. Now, here's something that you can do. And I always like to try to throw in some, uh, some little freebies here for you guys, some spiritual freebies to let you, uh, let you circumnavigate some of the things that you have to go through. Okay. So here's a freebie for you. Say that you have a contract with someone and you really cannot stand it any longer. You can't stand being with this person and you have really tried, say, say you're trying to learn, um, empowerment through this relationship. And so you've tried to stand up for yourself and you've tried to leave them or you've tried to change them or you've tried to endure and you just can't. It's just too much. I'm done. I can't do this. Right. Okay. So you have the understanding that you still need to learn this lesson, but you don't want to do it with that person any longer. Okay. That, that's where I am right now. What you can do is you can petition. You can petition the council or your elders or guides or higher self, whatever you're comfortable with. I'm going to say the council because that's who I feel like I met with before I came down. So I know that I can go into a deep meditation. I can ask them to, to meet and I want to be part of this meeting and we need to talk, right? And so usually I just talk out loud. Now, you can also just do this straight to God. You don't have to uh, go to a, a specific council and beings and things like that. Um, when I say God, I, I don't mean this entity sitting up on a cloud judging us all the time and, you know, keeping a logbook. book. <laughs> 
you know, when we're good and when we're bad, like Santa Claus. I, I don't believe that. For me, God is everything. It's within us. It's outside of us. It's of us. It's There's a God spark in everything in this planet and all planets and all galaxies. So when I say like talk straight to God, I, I mean whatever that means to you as that source of higher power that you go to. Okay. So in this instance, I'm going to say my counsel, which would be of God. Okay. Um, so you go in meditation, you meet with them and, you know, you can envision in your meditation that, you know, I, I don't know, this is just me and, and how my mind works. I see myself at a board table, like a boardroom in a boardroom at a long table. Um, and, you know, there's all these chairs around it and I'm like in front of them. I'm like, okay, guys, look, here's what's going on. I cannot do this anymore. I can't. This is just ridiculous. I'm beating my head up against the wall. I understand what I need to learn. I just don't want to do it. This person, like you need to shift this somehow, right? Um, so find somebody else. So you put it on them to search out who may be willing to pick up your contract. Okay. Um, and it, this, I've done this before. I know this works. Uh, the, the way I knew it worked was because I was able to end that relationship and then probably, gosh, five or six months later, I met someone new and I thought, wow, <laughs> I don't have to learn that anymore. <laughs> I was wrong. So uh, that eventually that relationship just turned into what the last relationship was. And so I could manage this one better. This person I was with had a better skill set. And I, I could see it better. And perhaps I wasn't as emotion, emotionally attached to the second person. And it enabled me to be able to learn the lesson that I needed to learn there and move on. Okay. So uh, when, when you are in a contract with someone and you're doing the work and you're learning what you're supposed to learn and the other person doesn't and you end up saying, you know what? Uh, I, I get it. I've learned it. The light went on. I'm, I'm done. I'm at peace. This is good. And you're truly at peace. You're not just BSing yourself and everybody else around you. Like you're truly at peace with this thing. You can, you can go in peace and, uh, and be like, okay, I learned it. And don't ever feel like the other person got off like scot-free, like, oh, they didn't have to learn anything and look at all that. No, you're just going to have a replacement in their life and someone else will pick up that role to teach them what they need to learn, hopefully within the same lifetime. Also, when your contract is over, you're going to feel a sense of re relief. Um, there won't be any pain associated with it. Um, you see it as a learning experience and you understand the reason why you had that contract and that interaction and what you learned about yourself. And you're grateful for the experience and for the teacher. And you don't see them as much as a personal thing of what they did to you or how they treated you or all of that. You don't ruminate over all of that. You just kind of are like, you know what? I'm so grateful that this person fulfilled their end of the contract. And this is what I learned about myself. And uh, I see it as, as a gift. And then you also can know that you never have to deal with that kind of thing again. Mm -hmm. You have learned that, um, that, that lesson is done. 
that that contract is is fulfilled and you can move on to your next contract or in my belief is that you can even say okay whew, i did a lot of heavy lifting that was really tough i got through it and that's kind of where i want to just chill let's just call this a day for the rest of this lifetime and i'd like to spend like the next 30 or 40 years whatever i've got left uh and just let me just be in peace and uh, I'll, I'll pick this up in my next life, right? <laughs> I'll pick up my next piece of pie the next time I come in. This has been too much for me. I'm cool. I'm good. It's done. And I let me just enjoy the experience of being alive. So that is my take. Those are all of my um, my notes on on these contracts and what they entail. And I, I have a couple of guests waiting here. So Deo is coming on to join us. And um, this is indeed a very special guest. I really appreciate that you're taking time to join us. Oh, thank you, Angela. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you? Okay, awesome. I'm great. So I do need to confess, I've been listening in the back for, I think you had Daryl on earlier and your most recent guest. So I really apologize because my question is going to be quite basic, but I have been listening to find out what a soul contract is, but I think I'm late to the party. <laughs> no um, problem at all. But would it be okay if I asked you? Sure, go right ahead. Yes, what is a soul contract, please? So, um, and, and I always say this comes from my own belief system and experiences that I've had, is that I believe that before we're born, we have let's say a mission before we're born and that mission okay. could be what our soul needs to learn and experience to grow to its next level so um the example that i used earlier was say that i'm here to learn compassion that that's that's my mission in this life is to learn compassion so before i'm born um i make contracts with these other people and they they get on board and they say hey Ange, I'm willing to help you learn that lesson. So I'm going to come in and I'm going to be uh, very, I'm going to be very abusive to you. And that abusive relationship is going to help you learn compassion for people who are abused. Or perhaps um, I'm going to come in and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to be your father. That'll be my contract with you. I'm going to be your father and I'm mm -hmm. going to take care of your sick mother. And I, I'm probably going to uh, uh, ignore you and not give you the support and love you need because I'm so focused on taking care of your sick mother. But I'm going to show you compassion for taking care of another human being. Does that make sense? I'm thinking about it, but yes, it, 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 it does. I mean, I, I never thought about it that way because I don't know if, because um, it, it's interesting in terms of, I know you haven't used the word kind of does the word purpose come into this at all yes absolutely so um i would say yes purpose on different mm. levels purpose on the um on you as a soul what your purpose is on on earth in order to help raise humanity um or purpose uh, that's at the whole the big level of your purpose and then as you chink that down a little more then what's your purpose in this situation what's your purpose mm. in your family what's your purpose in this day in this month in this location 
right? So these soul contracts can be contracts with different people at different times to help you learn about yourself, the things that you're supposed to learn with, about yourself at that time. No, I think I think it makes sense. And, and I think what, what's interesting that came to mind, because um, I, I feel like uh, a lot of us in the community in wisdom um, were, I feel like a lot of us are on our, our own journeys of self-discovery. And when we go live and we talk and we converse, we're sort of sharing and learning from each other. But we're all, we're all some of us, you know, I feel like we're sharing our journeys of self-discovery and helping each other. And it was interesting when you said purpose because I... I, I think back to maybe like childhood and teenage years and I feel like, at least for me personally, and I'm not sure whether others would, would relate, but sometimes when you're born, parents already mentally have an idea of what the purpose of their child is going to be in advance. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and I feel a lot of the time, not all the time, but a lot of the time, even when a child is named, sometimes the names that I not just sometimes I think a, a lot of the time when uh parents name their children that there's uh that there's like a weight of expectation within that name which sometimes also speaks to the purpose so sometimes it might be as simple as naming you after you know your father and somebody junior and and they're sort of thinking you're going to be like that person sometimes I think parents they give quirky names but within that quirky name i think there's like an expectation where you know you believe your child is gonna or that person they're gonna grow up to be an adult who are maybe gonna challenge the norms and and it's not always that way but it's interesting in terms of when you're saying like this journey of sort of purpose and self uh you know discovery and then like you said like your soul contract and um i definitely feel for me and maybe for other people some of it is also sort of like you know challenging the the expectations and the frameworks that have always been expected of you and actually being brave enough to say, like, you know, like what she said, this is my contract, this is my purpose. And I say being brave enough because I think sometimes when you sort of come out and say, you know, I believe this is what I was meant to get out of this situation or this is what I was put here for, it's not always immediately obvious. It doesn't always necessarily look productive or look successful. And yeah. people may sort of challenge it, but yeah, I just wanted to put that out there to see, you know, what, what if that had sort of factored into your thing. Yeah, I think that's a perfect example of of contracts. So, say that you have um, you have this couple that are going to have a child, and they have expectations of the child. So, say that I'm I'm the child that they have expectations of that's coming in. So. Uh, before I'm born, at the soul level, whether my parents have incarnated or not, at the soul level, they contract with me and they say, okay, Angela, what you're going to learn is you're going to learn how to challenge the norms because you're coming in to, to shift energy and change up how things are done. So you're going to be mm -hmm. born to us and our contract with you says that we're going to expect you to be normal and to do what we expect of you and what society expects of you. And we're going to judge you so that if you step outside of that, mm -hmm. we're going to make you feel bad. Right. Yes. So then that's their contract with me. Me on the other side of the contract is like, okay, I'm going to have to learn how to step in my power and um, 
change change the system, change how things are, are going to be. And mm-hmm. I'm first going to learn that through my basic uh, first relationship with my parents. They're going to teach me what it feels like to bump up against the system and mm-hmm. how hard that is and how to overcome that so that later I can, when I have that come up again, I've already learned how to do it with my parents, and then I can do it out in the bigger picture of the world. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it absolutely does. Yep. It absolutely does. And I think if we start seeing our relationships as these type of soul contracts, it becomes a little easier. It, it pulls out the emotion of the experience a little more, and you're able to look <laughs> at it and be like, oh, wow look what they taught me by being by them being them and me being me and us interacting together. Look Mm -hmm. how much I learned about myself. Yeah. And to your point, I think it's, it's, it's good to ensure that you do the reflection maybe sometimes after particular relationships or friendships and and people in, in your life, right. To see what you have learned. Um, Sometimes it might be developmental. It's not always, you know, good or it's a, it's a tough lesson, but it's important to do that, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's the way out of suffering. You know, uh, I know different people on here have talked about like what Buddha says about there's no growth without suffering. That's how we grow. And, uh, but I'm lending understanding and perspective to why we're suffering. I think it helps us figure it out. Mm. You know, and to grow through that suffering to say, okay, I'm suffering because I don't understand why I'm experiencing this. But if we can look at it at a contract level that these people are helping me learn about myself so I can grow and raise my frequency and ascend, then um, then we can say, oh, it it's personal, but it's not personal because it's all about my own growth and learning how to not suffer. No, thank you. And I guess, as she said, sometimes you have to make meaning of suffering. Oh <laughs> Always. <laughs> it's the only way out, I think. Mm, oh, my gosh. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's, really, that's really sobering to think about. Yeah, and, you know, I think about, like, like you founding this app and bringing all this together. I'm sure that you had contracts with people in the past that you overcame those instances, stepped into your power so that you could deliver this app to many people and they can find what they need out of it. Oh, let me just say for the last 10 seconds, it's like you read my mind. I was actually thinking of of contracts, but Angela, thank you so much. I'll make way for your next. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it that you took the time out to come onto the call. And you are always welcome at any time to join this talk. Um, every So I host this call every Monday night at 7 p.m. Eastern time. I'll always have a, um, a subject that we'll talk about. I try to provide resources for the different topics that we talk about. Now, uh, tonight I seem to be talking a lot about past lives. So any books written by Brian Weiss, Weiss, I think it's Weiss, Brian Weiss, W-E-I-S-S. I really enjoy his uh, meditations and his books on, on past lives. 
uh, also, uh, some of the older books out there, I, I just think are, are better than a lot of the new stuff today. A lot of the new spiritual, I, I'm, I just did quotation, air quotations, because you couldn't see that. I need a word to say I just did that. But a lot of the spiritual books that are out there today seem so overproduced and gimmicky uh, and not a lot of meat and how to in them. So as I recommend different books and resources to you on these Monday nights, they're probably going to be older books just because I feel like before the spiritual lingo became so popular, these people were explaining these concepts to us in ways that we could understand and digest. And uh, even, you know, in the late 1800s, early 1900s, there was a lot of information like that out there. So I do want to recommend a book. It's not that old, I promise. Um, and it's called Sacred Contracts. And it was written by Carolyn Miss, who, if you have not read Carolyn's Miss book called Anatomy of the Spirit, you need to go get that book today. Okay. It highlights the chakras, but in a way that connects it to health issues, emotional issues. That was one of the first books I read on chakras and it changed my life. So if you've not read the book, Anatomy of the Spirit by Carolyn Miss, please read that right away. It, it's just a phenomenal book. Um, okay, so she wrote this other book called Sacred Contracts. And I don't know, I thought this book was a little complicated for me and it was really deep. So I slogged my way through it. But basically what she's saying is that these contracts that we have with other people, it's in order for us to learn about ourselves and our own journey for that self-reflection that Deo talked about, taking the time to, to look at what we're going through and analyze it and break it down and ingest it, right? So Carolyn Miss talks about these archetypes. So an archetype could be like um, a healer, uh, a teacher, um, a magician, um, a victim, a little girl, like there's all these different kinds of archetypes. And so uh, based on the contract that we have with someone, it sets up the different roles that we play. Perhaps you're in a relationship where you feel like you're a child and the other person is taking on a parental role. And so you're playing out something in this relationship through these contracts that are helping you learn about yourself and grow through the archetype of parent and child, uh, victim and abuser, teacher and student. Um, I, I, that's all I can remember right now. <laughs> I, need, I need to uh, to get, oh, I have the book, but, uh, but it, I think it's a little complicated the way that she describes it all, but it is worth the uh, read. And if you have a resource out there on contracts, something that you've read that you want to share with me, just send me an email, Angela at AngelaBoswell.com, and I'll share it with everyone next Monday night for our, our talk then. I think that sharing resources is extremely va valuable to us. And uh, if you get anything out of the talk tonight, please remember that you are part of a much larger picture. 
a, a larger picture that you can be active in or you can walk away from and you can continue to walk away from it over and over and over again if you so choose to experience that in this life you'll you'll just come back and do it again right i say it like oh well you'll just come back and do it again right that's just the way it is you, you don't get out scot-free okay so um how can we speed up some of this uh, learning that we do in these in these soul contracts? How can we speed some of this up? And I think the easiest way to speed up, like uh, learning what you need to learn for a, a contract to be complete, is to ask yourself, how can I feel peace in this situation? And that will always lead you to the action that needs to be taken in order for you to understand uh, what you need to do to fulfill that contract. So if, if the answer to um, how can I find peace at work, maybe, maybe it's not leaving your job because then you will just go to another job and it'll turn out to be the same thing until you learn what you're supposed to learn. So how can I have peace here? Maybe that peace comes from me uh, presenting my ideas or uh, doing some public speaking or to go after a promotion or to demand that I get my value. And going with that analogy, say that I'm um, underpaid, undervalued and overworked at my job. So, but I'm too scared to say anything and that's why they get away with it because they know I won't say anything. So they keep underpaying me and overworking me. Um, and and I'm, I feel undervalued. Well, just the action of me of me saying, how am I going to have peace here? Well, the only way I'm going to have peace in this is to go ask for what I deserve, to fight for what I deserve, and to be willing to leave here if I don't get what I deserve. That's the only way I can find peace. So you go to the upper management and you say, you know, I need to get paid what I'm worth here. The statistics that are out there, here's, you know, here's my whole, I'm presenting my whole case to you, right? Um, and it doesn't matter whether you get the raise, the promotion, the position, whatever it is you're after. That's not what's important. What's important is that you did something that was out of character for you, but something you needed to do in order to grow. And through that action, you found peace, but you had to go through the suffering and then you had to get a plan to end the suffering and to know that no matter what the outcome of this is in this physical world, I'm doing something at my soul level and all they're doing is they've contracted with me to put me in a position where I had to step in my power and demand my value. They put me in that position. I stepped up. I presented my case to get my value and that completes that contract it does not matter if you get what you asked for it's the fact that you found a way to find peace in this and you took the action that you needed for your own self-growth and if you don't know where to look all you have to do is ask yourself what is bothering me right now Whatever's bothering you right now, there is a window of growth that is being presented to you, probably through a sacred contract. So whatever's bothering you right now, you need to look at it. You need to look at what's coming up. You need to look at the players here 
And when you look at those players, ask yourself, have I been in a relationship like this before? Does this remind me of something from my childhood or something from high school? Who were the players then? And what did I not learn then? Or what suffering did I have then? And how can I shift this? How can I find peace in this situation? And usually it requires some kind of action that you don't want to do because of, of some kind of fear. Okay, so uh, that's a way to speed up uh, being able to experience what you need to experience for a contract to be completed. Okay, I have a feeling we're going to talk about this kind of stuff again because it's so complex and there's so much out there. Um, and I, I just have a feeling that we're going to circle back around to contracts again. Um, so if you have any ideas of topics that you want me to talk about, just send me an email, Angela at AngelaBoswell.com and, uh, and let me know there because I'm always interested in what you're interested in and um, being able to share the information that I've acquired over the years. So I want to say thank you again to everyone that joined me as a listener, as a guest. I'm honored to be here. I appreciate you so much. I hope you all have a wonderful week. And I ask you to please look at the relationships around you and see them as contracts and wonder, what am I learning from this? What am I not learning from this? How has this kind of thing showed up in my life before? But more importantly, what do I need to do to find peace in this situation so that I don't experience it in this way again? For now, for the future, for my next incarnation, however you may see that, end your suffering and do what needs to be done to complete that contract. So thanks again. Um, please follow me if you haven't followed me yet so that you'll get a notice when I do go live during the week. Sometimes I like to be guests on other people's shows if I can, but you can always find me here at 7 p.m. Eastern time for a live talk on the spiritual life. Um, so thanks, and I will see you or I'll listen to you again next week. And it's just such a privilege. Thank you. To learn more about me and my services and to book a session, please click the link in this podcast or visit www.angelaboswell.com. Thank you.